Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, June 16th, 2023. And as you heard on Wednesday's episode, I got Colin back here to join me with Luke's absence. Colin, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got a, a decent amount of stuff to talk about. Some good stuff in the MLB. Obviously, our NL All-Star lineups. A little bit of NFL news. And then something fun for you. We're going to be talking a couple sleepers for fantasy football uh, people are going to be drafting within the next, you know, two months, month, two months. So we'll just have to see what goes on there. And then a very fun top three, bottom three trios. We'll get more sp- specific once we get there. But for now, all you know is trios. Colin, let's go ahead and get into the MLB recap. Anything you got to start? Oh, well, first thing, Wednesday night, Oakland A's snapped their seven-game win streak with a 6-4 loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. We all saw it coming, but, man, was it fun to watch while it lasted. It was, but the good thing here, even though it's over, is that because of this win streak, they no longer have the worst record in baseball. That one goes out to the Kansas City Royals. Oh, brother. AL is struggling right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, But... With those two losses to end that four-game series against the Rays, the Rays are now officially the first team to reach 50 wins this season at 50-22. and 22. That's insane. Yeah. Like, there's, so, there's so many teams like in the low 40s. Like I think the next closest team is at, what, 42? Uh, 43, the Orioles are at 43. Uh, but, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's absolutely insane how good the Rays have been. Yeah, have you seen the Rays uh record at home? Yeah, 31 and 7. But they also their run scored and run allowed 405 to 263. It's crazy. Absolutely wild. Yeah, but, but let me get back to Oakland real quick because the so we talked about the reverse boycott and all that stuff, but Rob Manfred was asked about it. And he finally did something that I liked, which was making fun of the athletics. Um, he was asked about the turnout and all this stuff, and he said, it's great to see what is this year almost an average MLB baseball crowd. <laughs> that is brutal, because they really tried their hardest to get people to that game. Oh, dude, exactly. Like, when you look at Oakland Athletics, when you look at their lineup, that's not going to bring a crowd in. So for, for the fans to just come together to support their hometown team and reverse this boycott, I mean, for Manfred to come out and say that, that's that's funny. It is. It is. I have to give props to him. But he also said, like, the city of Oakland itself has not shown at all that they want to come out to the game. So whether they make a new stadium or not, which – the city of Oakland didn't want to do, the fans weren't proving it. They've been in the bottom, like they haven't gotten over like 20th in attendance any year in the last 10 years. I mean, I mean, we're seeing that trend in Oakland. Like nobody wants to go to sports games there. Like we saw the Raiders leave Oakland to go to Vegas. Exactly. So I don't blame them at all for leaving, honestly. Yeah. I mean, is there possibility down the road where we see the athletics leave Oakland? Uh, it's already happening. Is it? 
Yes, because the city of or the yeah the city of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada has already approved everything, so everything's going through. Now it's just up to the MLB to sign the papers. Oh, that's something that just blew over my head. I did not know that. Thank really? you, Grayson. This has been ongoing for like a month. More that than shows that. you that shows you how much I pay attention to the <laughs> athletics. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but what else do you have, Colin? Uh, I mean, when we look at it, the the Orioles finished their series with a win over the Blue Jays, four to two, today, which is good for them because that's a tough division right now. Yeah, definitely. Actually, let's talk about the Blue Jays real quick because they're doing something interesting. So right now they sit at thirty eight and thirty two, which is very respectable record. Definitely not bad by any means, but. They also sit in fourth in their division, and partially because they have the third-worst win percentage against division opponents this season. They are now, I think it puts them at 6-17 and 17 with this loss, but outside of the AL East, they're 31-15. and 15. All right, so they're smacking around everybody else in the league besides the AL East. Yes, it's absolutely crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure the Rockies... Or no, either the Royals or the Rockies have a better win percentage against division opponents than the Blue Jays. It's probably the Royals because the AL Central is complete ass. That's a good point. <laughs> but no, like like you said, the the Blue Jays they're thirty eight and thirty two, and they're still eleven games back. Yeah, like that is that's insane for yeah. me to think about right now. Like they're six games back of second place. What? Brother, yeah, that is that is brutal. Um, let me let's just keep it with this division because I want to talk about the Orioles' closer, Felix Bautista. He's been an absolute strikeout machine this season. He's already got sixty six Ks. That's more than any starter on Cleveland, Colorado, Kansas City, or Oakland. Jesus, dude, the whole Orioles bullpen has been absolutely killing it this year. Yeah, dude, Yenier Cano, Felix Bautista. Like, it's fucking crazy. I would have never thought that I would be talking about Baltimore's pitching staff. Yeah. And giving them praise. That is that is a great <laughs> point because, like, when, even if you just looked at it, you'd be like, I don't know half of these guys. Why are they good? And exactly. I can't, I can't explain it. I, I don't know why they're good, but they just are, and it's fantastic to watch. Because Wells is coming out and shoving it. Yeah. And Kyle Gibson is serviceable. Dean Creamer's serviceable. Like, they just have a bunch of starting pitchers that can, you know, go out there, pitch five, six innings, and then let the bullpen get to work. Dude, I remember looking at Dean Creamer's, like, 54 overall card last year on the show 22. <laughs> I think I got him almost in every standard pack I opened. Yeah, I saw him a lot. And you'd sell him for, like, 100 stubs. Yep. All right, since we're sitting here talking about division standings over and over again, please tell me how the Cardinals are the worst team in the NL and the third worst team in the MLB. Explain this to me. The the Cardinals, they can't win at home. That's the biggest thing for them. They're 13 and 21 at home. Well, it doesn't help that they're 14 and 21 on the road. 
my point exactly. But still, <laughs> at, at home, you need to win in front of your fans. That's the biggest compliment you can give to them. I will take a winning record at home any day. Yeah. Well, they're just lucky that their division leader has the worst record of any division leader, the Pirates, at 34 and 32. So they're only eight and a half games back, but they're on a five-game losing streak right now. And I, I really can't explain it. When you look at this team, you would assume that they would be very, very good. Like, you have Wilson Contreras, who they've been moving in and out of the catcher position, but Paul Goldschmidt, reigning MVP, Tommy Edmond, who's been very good. Nolan Arenado, one of the best in the league at third base. Paul DeYoung is serviceable. Obviously, Tyler O'Neill and Lars Nupar are hurt right now, but Dylan Carlson is very good, and Nolan Gorman has been extremely good this season. You look at the pitching, they should be pitching better, yes, but these are all good players. Jack Flaherty, of course, is starting to come back to what he once was. Miles Michaelis is a a pretty good starting pitcher in the MLB. Adam Wainwright, yeah, he's old, but still a good pitcher. And then Jordan Montgomery, I'm not a fan of watching him pitch, I got to be honest, but he is their number one in the rotation. And then Matthew Libertor just has not been what we wanted. Yeah, he's he's really been stri- – his first like starts coming up were phenomenal last year. But ever since that, he just can't seem to find it. So I'm I'm yeah. honestly surprised that the Cardinals have stuck with them for so long and not tried somebody else to just try something new. But like you said, that's been the Cardinals' weakest point. Like they're scoring runs, but they're giving up just as much. Yeah. Like they've they've scored 315 runs, but they've given up 328. Yeah. So like it's their their, crazy. Offense, their offense is doing the doing the job. But the pitching staff just can't keep them in ball games. Yeah, and that's just going to continue to screw them over all season if they can't get things done. And what it might turn into is if they're still this bad, come you know the All Star break and the trade deadline, they're going to start selling some guys. And I don't know where they'll start, but you know it could be some of their better pitchers that just aren't showing out this season, like. Like guys like Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Ryan Helsley, if he comes back healthy, like those guys could be on the move if we don't see anything turn around. Oh, dude, I would love a trade for Ryan Helsley. Yeah. Just build the bullpen. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are going to do that. Yeah. While, While we're talking about bullpens, man, the Braves have finally hit their bullpen slump right now. Yeah. Like they are just blowing leads left and right. Like I'm worried every time. Like even if we're up by five, I'm worried. Yeah, it's like it's the weirdest thing because it seems like every year at the beginning of the year they're like, "Wow, this Braves bullpen is fantastic," and then at the end of the year it brings it right back to that. Wow, this Braves bullpen is so good, but it's always this couple of months in the summer where everybody is just like, what the fuck is going on with this bullpen? Because A.J. Minner just cannot get it right right now. Rizal Iglesias is all over the place. And it just seems like we can't find consistency at any point in this bullpen. Yeah, I mean, even even our starters 
aren't looking the best right now. Like yeah. Strider's Strider's leaving too many balls over the middle of the plate. He's giving up home runs left and right. Yeah, he is struggling big time. Last seven starts, he's two and two, a five point five nine ERA in thirty eight point two innings pitched, giving up thirty six hits, twenty four earned runs. He does have sixty strikeouts, which is just his thing, but a one point three four whip. He's just letting guys get on base way too much. Exactly. Like I was at that game uh, between the Braves and the Mets, and he's just over the middle plate. He'll get a strikeout, two singles, a strikeout. He'll give up a double and then a strikeout. Yeah. And then boom, there's two runs right there. Yeah. But luckily, the Braves have Bryce Elder putting the team on his back. That's true. And, you know, hopefully we get to see Kyle Wright and Max Freed come back, but shit, it is just. It's real tough right now because, like, yeah, we, we've seen fantastic stuff. Jared Schuster's come out, had a couple of good games. A.J. Smith-Savier, who's pitching right now, has the lead up to one, but he is kind of prone to giving up early runs, which is kind of hurting him in the long run. Yeah, he's he's young. This is, what, his third start or second? I believe it's his third yeah, so I'm I I don't have too much high expectations for him. I just really want him to come out and just give us innings. Yeah, like I said, that's that's all you can ask from a young guy like him. We don't need him to come out like Spencer Strider and throw 11 Ks in five innings. Yeah, um, let's keep it with the Braves though, because Ronald Acuna just continues to be the best player in baseball, undoubtedly. Yeah. So, fun stat here. This is some real baseball savant shit. Ronald Acuna has hit 36 balls with an exit below of 110+. plus. That's more than 23 teams alone have hit this season, which is just absolutely nuts. Like, it, that's that, crazy. That, that home run he hit in Detroit, 461, it was still going when it reached the batter's eye. Yeah, and as a team, the Braves have 101 hits with an exit below of 110+, plus, which makes up, their 101 is, I'm not going to do the percentage right now, but it's around one-eighth of the entirety of the league's hits of 110-plus with 818 across the league. Second place is the Angels with 50. So they have less than half of what the Braves have this season. Jeez. Um, did you see that we moved the lineup around today? Yeah, I did. Um, what's what's your thoughts on this lineup? It, it seems to be working right now. Ozzy just hit, a, I believe, a two RBI hit. Uh, it's three three, three. RBIs. Oh, base nice. Clearing base is clearing double. I I like it. One thing because Ozzy's seeing the ball really well right now, yeah. And Matt Olson is not. Yep. So if we can get Matt Olson down in the bottom of the lineup to see more fastballs, um, and give him more opportunity to bat with people on base. That yeah. is a big thing for him because, yeah, he's – I think he's – is he leading the Braves in home runs with 18? Uh, Olsen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, That's good, but he's also leading the MLB in strikeouts. Yeah. So that's his biggest thing right now. But, like, he's already one for one in today's game. Yep, and he scored a run. So it's – I country- like this his contribution at the bottom of the lineup is, you know, more at the middle of the lineup is huge because we have guys at the bottom of the lineup that can, that can hit. 
Kevin Pillar already won for one in this game with two RBIs, and he scored. Orlando Arcia is always a threat for a long ball or even just a good double. Michael Harris, you know, has started to heat up a little bit in these last couple of weeks. And then when it flips back over to Acuna and Albie, it's like this lineup absolutely fucks when those guys are up at the top. And I think Olsen just works more in the middle because you know Sean Murphy's going to hit the ball and he's going to hit the ball hard. Having him at the four spot makes the most sense. Moving Matt Olsen down does make sense because he's kind of like that backup like power hitter in a sense, because you have Riley and Sean Murphy there at the three and four, but in the five hole, Matt Olson can show off the power, but also just needs to get on base. Yeah, really, the five hole, you just need to put the ball in play. Yeah. That's your biggest thing, because you got four guys in front of you. More likely, one is going to be on base, so you don't need the big fly every time. Your job in the five hole, get on base. Hit the ball in play, but... Dude, I think Orlando Garcia might be the best eight-hole hitter and nine-hole hitter in the league. Oh, yeah, 100%. Dude, like, it's, it's ridiculous. He's batting 331. Yeah, and he has missed a little bit of time, but still, like, 331 is absolutely fantastic. Though he's not a qualified hitter, I think that would put him somewhere around third or fourth in average. Yeah. Well, I mean, what does he have? He has like 160 at-bats, I believe. Let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah, he's got 166 at-bats. 25 yeah. runs, 55 hits, 5 bombs. Uh, plugging away with 23 RBIs. So, that's all you can ask for at the bottom of your line. Oh, like, yeah. With the void that everyone thought we were going to have with losing Dansby, he has exceeded my expectations at short. Certainly. Now, all I can say is, Juan Grissom who? Facts. That's facts. Um, Let's move on, though. I do want to talk about this because Jeff McNeil, um, you know, if him not being able to pick up a ball wasn't bad enough last week, he made it a little bit worse on the defensive side again uh, by committing a shift violation. Uh, Dude. (laughs) He was holding. That, That video was so, so funny. Yeah. So he was holding second. Um, and he put his foot on the shortstop side of second base, and then the pitch was thrown while he did that, and home plate umpire called him for a shift violation. It was the slightest yeah. mistake, but it shows you that you can get called on anything in yes, the MLB. Yes, you certainly can. And these umpires are on the lookout for it, especially because these are new rules. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The umpires are showing the fans that they're not messing around with these new rules. Yeah, it, you, it seems you fuck like up in the slightest, and you're you're gonna get called out for it. Yeah, and it seems like the Mets just keep violating the new rules. These ones aren't all that new, but um, I believe it was Drew Smith received a ten game suspension for the sticky stuff. Oh yeah, like come on, man! You've seen so many people get caught with the sticky stuff like but i i think at this point it's not the it's not the sticky stuff anymore it's just that they're saying that they're putting too much rosin on yeah well rosin and sunscreen yeah but i don't think the guys are are even using the sunscreen like i think at this point it's just a matter of like the umpire goes up if you're sweating a lot it's going to be stickier 
Did you if, see the video of the uh, Tennessee bullpen pitcher? Yeah. Uh, during the Super Regional, they showed him just spraying sunscreen on his arm, and it was like an 8 o'clock game at night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that was hilarious. All right, anything else you've got before I bring up the last thing? Nah, let's hear it. All right, I've got two umpire scorecards here from Tuesday night, and these are the opposite ends of the spectrum. One, an epitome of great work behind the plate. The other, the epitome of some of the worst umpiring I've seen in a long time, possibly ever. So let's start with the good one. Quinn Walcott, shout out. In the Tampa Bay versus Oakland game, Oakland takes it 2-1. to one. His overall accuracy... 99%. He called 124 of 125 taken pitches correctly. 98% Jesus. overall consistency with three called balls inside his estimated strike zone. Zero called strikes outside of it. The run the run favor, only a .08 towards the Tampa Bay Rays. And he only really missed one call. So his called strike accuracy a 100%, where the average in the MLB is 88%. He called zero of 44 called strikes that were actually balls. Called ball accuracy a 99 point or a 99%, where the league average is 97%. Only one of 81 called balls were actually strikes. Just absolute umpiring clinic. Kid, this man needs to umpire the World Series. Yeah, he had 4.5 more correct calls than the average umpire this season. That's phenomenal. That, any umpires that are looking to get in the game, take notes. All right, well, you're going to be using some very different adjectives for this one. Rob Drake was behind the plate for New York versus New York, where the Yankees took it 7-6. to six. Overall run favor, only... Uh, actually went in the Mets' way, but l- let me remind you, the last one, the overall run favor, a 0.08. The overall run favor in this one, a 0.73 for the Mets. Almost a full run in favor, okay? Let's go to the overall accuracy, 87%. He called 145 of 166 pitches correctly, 91% consistency, so... 13 of the called balls inside of his like established strike zone and two called strikes out of his own established strike zone. And when we go to the called ball accuracy, a 91%, which is six points under the average, 10 of his 110 called balls were actually strikes. And 11 of his 56 called strikes were true balls. That's an 80%. Absolutely. What a fucking shit show. Yeah, and so the last umpire that we talked about had uh, 4.5 more correct calls than the average jump. He had 7.5 fewer correct calls than the average jump. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So, Rob Drake, you need to get fired. Quinn Walcott, you need a promotion. Quinn needs to run all umpire clinics in spring training. Yeah, I I need to see a statement from the umpires union saying that Quinn Walcott is going to be the official 
every single game of the World Series, he's behind the plate. It, that's probably why in the, the New York game, there was 20 total hits, but also like 12 different pitchers throughout the game. Yeah. Well, he uh, called... he So, Quinn Walcott called 81 balls in the entire game, mm-hmm. whereas... Um, I'm already blanking on his name. He just sucks that Drake. bad. Yeah, Rob Drake. Drake called like 150 balls. Good lord. So that's probably part of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've got there. Let's get into the weekend preview. What's your favorite series this weekend? My favorite series is definitely the Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers. I love that one. Yeah, I, I think that that one's going to be exciting. It's two teams that can not only put up runs, but have the potential to have some good pitching duels throughout the weekend. Well, really, the Blue Jays are only throwing one good pitcher at the moment. So I went ahead and looked at the pitching matchup. Friday, it's Kevin Gosman versus Martin Perez. That should be a great pitching matchup, in yeah. my opinion. Saturday, it's undecided for Toronto. But Dan Dunning is pitching for the Rangers. And then Sunday, it's Bassett versus Gray. Interesting. So, Toronto, Gosman, they're expecting Gosman to go out there and get the win because I'm not fully trusting whoever you're throwing on Saturday. And then Bassett, because Bassett hasn't really been doing that good this year. As in, Gray and Dunning and Perez have been absolutely lights out. Yeah, they have. Really, just the Rangers in general have been lights out. The offense is absolutely killing it. They have the most runs scored, but they also have the best run differential by, I think, like four runs over the Rays. So, yeah, the Rangers have been absolutely insane. So it doesn't really matter who they play. It's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. What about you, Greg? Who who are you excited to see this weekend? Look, I'm looking for runs this weekend, and there's no better source than Rays versus Padres. Okay. These are just two electric offenses. You've got some Padres hitters that are starting to heat up, especially Juan Soto. But you also have fantastic pitching duels. Shane McClanahan versus you, Darvish, on Friday. And then on Saturday, we get Zach Eflin versus Blake Snell, two guys that can certainly give up some runs. And then on Sunday, we end the series with... um. The Rays are undecided, but we get Joe Musgrove for the Padres, who has given up quite a few runs as well this season. So it's going to be runs galore. If you live in a gambling state, take the over. (laughs) Yeah, Rays are probably throwing a bullpen game on Sunday. Which is fine, because their bullpen is elite. Like, there's only one, like, there's only one game I'd rather see for Sunday Night Baseball besides the Rays-Padres, and that's the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. Yes, sir. It's always that, good. It is. Exactly. Fireworks are bound to happen. Exactly. There's but always also, a story, even when Domingo Herman and Tanner Hawk are on the mound. <laughs> but uh, also, we got two teams that have been absolutely shit in the bed. The Cardinals versus the Mets. And now, if you want to laugh while watching baseball, tune into this series. Yeah, it's going to be strikeouts and fielding errors galore. Yeah, also, did you see that uh, Pete Alonso is getting ready to start his rehab? Don't care. He's already out of his brace. He came out of his brace early because, and I quote, I'm just that guy. Is that what he said? Yes. I, I'm so done with Pete Alonso. 
Oh, it's hilarious. I hope he misses his World Series, which is the home run derby. <laughs> yeah. And you know they're gonna they're gonna have a minute, broken wrist or not. Oh yeah, and he's gonna lose in the first round to like fucking Ronald Acuna Jr., baby. Uh, maybe. I don't want him in the I don't want him yeah, in the home run derby. I don't either. Because last time he did it, he fucked up his swing. He's gonna lose to Max Muncy, who's batting like one ninety. Yeah, dude, put Miggy in the home run derby this year. It's not going to be fun, man. It's going to be sad. (laughs) Put Miggy in there. I don't think he's going to pull the pool holes on us. Yeah, probably not. But one more series this weekend. Once again, a rivalry that's always exciting. Giants-Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Though the pitching matchups probably aren't going to be all that good. We got John Brebby on the mount and an undecided pitcher for Los Angeles on Friday. But... I believe the rotations will turn over uh, for the rest of the weekend. We get Bobby Miller on Saturday. Giants are undecided for Saturday. And then on Sunday, we wrap it up with Logan Webb versus Tony Gonsolin, which is a fantastic pitching matchup. Yeah, and we talked about the AL East. The top of that NL West is still close as shit. Yeah, though the Dodgers are in a bit of a skid while the Diamondbacks are pretty hot right now, um, it's still pretty close. Yeah, well, when the Dodgers went on that like 13-3 and three run, yeah. they started working their way back. And, but San Fran's only four and a half games back sitting in third, 36-32. Yeah, they're hot right now. They're on a four-game win streak. That's what I'm saying. That lineup's starting to come alive, and that's that's another fun lineup to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, but uh, you you got any other series you you're looking at? Not really. We got got a couple boring ones, honestly. That's, I'm saying the same thing. Like we got what the the Rockies. Yeah, Braves, Rockies, Orioles, Cubs might be good. Probably a lot of runs scored on that one. Marlins, Nationals is a stinker. Uh, Angels, Royals is a stinker. Reds, Astros. It might be actually pretty good. I'll be honest. The Reds have been very exciting to watch. Uh, we get to watch uh, Andrew Abbott, the the rookie who still has a zero ERA through two starts, and he's got two wins. Um, he'll be on the mound on Friday, so that's a pretty solid one. And uh, I think we might see Framber Valdez this weekend, who has been hot, like red hot for the Astros. So, and we'll also see Hunter Green, who's going to throw hard and then lose the game. Yeah, I mean. The only way the Cubs Orioles series would be interesting if if Marcus Marcus Stroman or Justin Steele was pitching, but yeah. that's not happening. So yeah. the Cubs are getting swept this weekend. Yeah, instead we get to see Cole Irvin for Baltimore, who has a seven point eight five ERA, and Kyle <laughs> Hendricks, the most boring pitcher alive. Listen, Cole Irvin will probably come out throw three, and then they'll turn it over to a bullpen game. Yeah, there is a series that if I was looking at it at the beginning of the season, I would have told you it had been great, but at this point it's not. White Sox-Mariners would have been awesome if I was imagining it would be good. It's definitely not good now. Yeah, if we were still in spring training, that'd be a matchup. That'd be the matchup of the week. Yeah, we've got Brian Wu on the mount for the Mariners on Friday. He has a 10.8 ERA. But God, what a last name. Woo! But no, dude, the White Sox have been absolute shit this year. Yeah, definitely have. Um, 
But since we don't have to talk about the White Sox here, let's move to the National League All-Star lineups. Let's go. I I think we're probably going to have some pretty similar ones. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, we talk about this shit every day. All right. Let's start it out in the outfield. It's Ronald Acuna, obviously. 100%. Okay. No no questions asked. It's fucking Ronnie Acuna Jr. Certainly. He is batting 333, on base percentage 405, OPS 985. He's got 3.5 war this season. That is fucking fantastic. Max Exavilo, 116.7. We already talked about how he's hitting the ball hard. He's got a home runs per fly ball percentage of 20%. And he's got 29 stolen bases as well. He's on what I said last week to Luke in my stake your claim. He's on 30 and 60 watch. Fuck a 40-40. Dude, I saw something today about a 30-70. He could be. Like, really, he literally could be. I think he's on pace. When I checked, he was on pace for about, I think, 32 and 64, something in that ballpark. But... With how he's racking up these stolen bases, he might just get 70. That's what I'm saying. But, dude, can we talk about the voting separation? Oh, him? my God. It's crazy. Is it 1.1 mil and the next closest is at six, 670,000? Yeah. Like, good gracious. Like, I'm glad everybody knows that he's the NL MVP right now. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's not even close. And, like, the second most just in the NL in general is, yes, yeah, Freddie Freeman. Yeah. 775,000. Ronald Acuna has 300,000 more votes. 311,000 more votes, if you want to get technical. But, yeah, that is absolutely insane. And you know one of the things that makes it so much better to watch now? Is that he is happy, having fun, but the main thing is that he's actually hustling and giving it 100%. Yes, every single day he's giving it 100%, and we can see it. Uh, I'm so glad that he is fully recovered from this injury. Yeah, but it's it's like I'm like I feel like a little kid right now going to my first baseball game when I watch him play. It's just it's art. Yeah, and it's obvious just around Atlanta that he is being idolized right now. Oh, yeah. Dude, the amount, uh, I want to see the jersey numbers, like the sales for a Ronald Acuna jersey. Yeah, dude, the amount of, of neon batting gloves at a Little League baseball game. The yellow crazy. arm sleeves, the yeah. yellow, yellow batting gloves. It's People are wearing number 13 for Ronald Acuna. Oh, yeah. Fuck A-Rod. Facts. It's Ronnie Acuna Jr. That was an interesting accent, but enough enough meat writing. Let's go to our second outfielder. I'm taking Corbin Carroll. Dude, what the fuck? I took Corbin Carroll. <laughs> Dude, I don't understand how he's not in the top three for voting. It's because there's stupid fucking fans out there voting. They're doing the safe bet with Juan Soto and Mookie Betts. Yeah, but like that. that is bullshit. Mookie are, Betts how, should not be in over Corbin Carroll. How the fuck are you putting Lourdes Gurriel Jr. over Corbin Carroll? 
okay, Lourdes Correa has been very good, but, yeah, but Corbin Carroll's got to be ahead of him. Exactly. Corbin Carroll's not only leading rookie of the year right now, he's in the top five for NL MVP. Yeah. He's in like yet, the top two, honestly. Bro, you just said it was between Ram Gakuni and Freddie Freeman. No, I said the voting was. <laughs> but he's fifth in outfield voting right now? Yeah, it's crazy. This is like uh, the, this is as bad as Jose Ramirez. But no, I took Corbin Carroll as well. Because how can you not? Yeah, and let's talk the stats because they're so fucking good. So we said Ronald Acuna's got 3.5 war. Corbin Carroll in his rookie year has 3.4 war. He's got a better home runs per fly ball ratio, which is crazy. He's got one less home run than Ronald Acuna. He's got 14 home runs, 35 RBIs, 51 runs, 19 stolen bases. He's got a, a walk percentage 10.3. The K's a little bit high. He struck out 51 times. But as long as you're a below a 20% K percentage, I'm all for it. And he's batting 311. He's got the highest OPS in the National League at a 993. Like, this kid is for real. And it's a travesty that he is not top two in outfield voting. Exactly, dude. That's like, who the fuck is being so stupid not voting for him? I'll tell you what. I've voted for him five times already. It's got to be some NL West bitches. Facts. It's got to be Dodger fans. Yeah. There's no other reason why Mookie Betts would be that high. But... No, like like you're saying, like you said, bro, like you can sacrifice some of the strikeouts as long as you're hitting right there with it. Yeah. Like he's smacking singles, doubles, triples. Um, and but for his size to also have 14 bombs is ridiculous. The man's 5'10, 165. Yeah. I know absolutely crazy. There's some players out that are like JD Davis only has nine bombs and he's like six two. 220. Yeah. Like power hitters that you're getting paid to go yard and you're letting scrawny Corbin Carroll big shot you. Yeah. Corbin Carroll has been absolutely phenomenal, like world class baseball player. And let's go ahead and talk third outfielder because this is where I think there could be some discrepancies. I took Lourdes Gurriel. Okay, I I took Mookie Betts. Okay, just I, because I, I think mean, it's fair. I think it's a toss up between the two, personally. Yeah, like Mookie's batting average might not really show it, like that two sixty three, but the man's also scored fifty three times. Yeah, has sixty eight hits, seventeen bombs, and also forty three RBIs. But yeah. the only thing that's he's being separated from is that Mookie's known for speed, but he's only stolen five bases. Yeah, I feel like Mookie should be stealing more bases, especially given these rule changes, because exactly. we're seeing exactly. a huge increase in stolen bases, but it seems like he's being kind of, he's a little bit behind where he should be. Yeah, I don't know if he's scared, because, you know, he's wearing that ugly-ass blue and gray and white. True. But I guess they just raise bitches over there in L.A. That's facts. L.A. 
breeds bitches. Not to you, Freddy. We still love you. Nope. We'll get to Come him. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him. But I got to state my case for Lourdes Gurriel because the guy's been stellar, and it's not just offense. He, yeah, the offense is great. He's got 17 doubles, two triples, 10 homers, 39 RBIs, 31 runs. He's still one base, but whatever. He's keeping the strikeouts real low, only a 16.6% strikeout percentage, 290 average, 340 on base, 894 OPS. The uh, WRC Plus, one of my favorite stats for him, a 134 is very, very good. Home runs per fly ball, 25.4%. That's the highest out of anybody I've got here for my all-star lineup. And he's just killing it. Highest barrel percentage as well for anybody in this lineup at 17.5%. And he's flashing some leather too. We've seen it a couple of times. Oh, yeah, dude. I swear, like, every other day I'm seeing a highlight reel from Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yep. But it's also that whole outfield at Arizona. Like, it's hard to just talk about one player in Arizona because they're all just balling out. Yeah. And, and I, I need to correct myself. I said the wrong home run per fly ball ratio and the wrong barrel percentage. I was reading somebody else. Mm. I'll just say that. But still, playing absolutely great. And, and the defenses look very good as well. Yeah, he's ten times better than his brother. That is facts. Fuck you, Yuli. All right, let's talk about Freddie Freeman now. First base. All right. Yeah, that's no brainer. Yeah, it's like, just the easiest choice. Yeah, Matt Olson could make his case if he didn't strike out all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, he's hitting fucking nukes left and right. A lot of two-run home runs, for sure. He's getting RBIs, all that, but Freddie Freeman's doing the same thing. 13 home runs. He's hit 24 doubles, 44 RBIs. He scored 58 runs. That is fantastic for Freddie. Nine stolen bases, which is kind of crazy. Nine stolen bases for Freddie Freeman. And keeping the strikeouts down, only striking out 16.3% of the time. He's walking 10.9%. That's going to put you in the, kind of the elite category when it comes to plate discipline. And then the OPS at 983, average 331. Like, he is absolutely killing it. And, you know, I'm not going to say I miss him, though. Freddie's always had that plate discipline. That's what separated him from being good to great. Yeah. And he he knows how to put the ball in play. Um, But I do want to shout out Lamonte Wade Jr. for making the top 10 for voting. What a what a year he's having. Yeah, dude. It's it's I, I love seeing these people who are playing ten times better than they normally do get their praise. Yeah. And shout out Trey Mancini, fifth. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, imagine if he was still with the Orioles. Yeah, I know. But you know, that would close the doors on uh, Ryan Mountcastle and he's been phenomenal. Nah, dude, they've been. I remember when Ryan Mountcastle was either DHing or in the outfield. Yeah. But I don't know. They got too much firepower out there now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. So, second base, I think it's another. Yeah, it, no brainer. Sadly, it's an easy decision. Yeah. Ozzy made his case, but yeah. before we just talk about Luis Arias, can we talk about Nolan Gorman? Yeah. He is killing it. Like, 
he is 23 years old and he's third in voting right now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because he's also kind of got a case for DH. He's been DHing a little bit too. Exactly. Like I almost would rather see him in the DH category than the second base category or even third base. Yeah, he can really do it all, and he's showing it. But the numbers look fantastic for Nolan Gorman, and I think there's a big drop-off after him uh, You know, in the NL. Right now it is Luis Arise, Ozzy Albies, Nolan Gorman, and then just this plateau. Yeah, we're not going to talk about who was sitting in number five. Yeah, fuck that guy. Can't even pick up a ball. <laughs> I, I do think that Cattell Marte is getting a little disrespected. Uh, in seventh, and Bryson, Bryson Stott deserves more votes. Yeah, but he plays for the Phillies, and everybody hates the fucking Phillies. Correct. I just got to so, give him a shine. Start off the season with like a 20-game hit streak. Yeah, so what? He plays for the fucking Phillies. I know. I just I got to give him his flowers. Listen, everybody, that's just my Atlanta Braves baseball coming out. <laughs> all right. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Greg. Let's talk Luis Arise. Yeah. Because, the, okay, look, I, I have to bring it up. He's in a little bit of a slump right now. He okay, is. he drops from over 400 to 378. Yes, but Big whoop. In, in the three-game series against the Mariners, he went over 12, walked once, struck out twice, and got hit by a pitch, dropped his batting average to 378, like you said. But still, 378? That is insane. The next highest batting average is Ronald Acuna at three thirty three. The funniest thing, he only has one home run. Yeah. But he is already at 91 hits. Yeah, and like the the race and votes wouldn't even be this close if he had just two other good players on his team. Exactly. Like if there was anybody on that field to hit him in or at least lay him up for some RBIs, it would be easy. Like, he would probably have 650,000 votes instead of 509,000. And we would probably have a closer race between the Braves and the Marlins. That's a fair point as well. Like, it it is good to see Jorge Soler finally start finding his groove and catching some barrels because he absolutely destroyed the month of May. Yeah. Like, absolutely killed it. But besides Jorge Soler and Luis Arias, you ain't got nobody. Yeah, Jazz just ain't doing it this year. Like what? And you got what? Jesus Sanchez and... Yeah, uh, Brian De La Cruz. Is he still there? I think so, but they're sucking. Yeah, yeah, they really suck. And their pitching staff is eating shit. Like, Sandy yeah. Alcantara just like can't... Two and five. He can't get a win. Yeah, he is struggling. But Luis Arise, like the the biggest number here, right? Like right now, sitting in front of me, five point six percent strikeout percentage. He has only struck out fifteen times. He's got ninety one hits. That is that is ridiculous. He has double his RBI, like double his strikeouts is his RBIs, and He's he has nobody on his team. And you know what's crazy is that. Only 17 out of those 91 hits are extra base hits. Yeah, it is, he's playing single ball, move the runner, just easily one of the best approaches at the plate 
of just about anybody. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and like I, I saw people trying to knock him for a a, a low amount of walks. Who needs to walk when you're hitting the unlimited singles? Bro, go stand in the box in a major league game. Yeah. You're going to look stupid. Exactly. That's all I'm going to say. You're definitely not getting a single. <laughs> not 91 hits. Yeah, definitely not Half, that. Before, not even halfway through the season. Yeah, absolutely insane what Luis Arise is doing. Um, let's move on to... Third base. Uh, I think this one, there's there's options. There's arguments that can be made. Yeah, but for me, it's Nolan Arenado. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. I wanted to put Riley down, but he's struggling right now. Yeah, and I think that Nolan Arenado's fantastic year so far is certainly being overshadowed by how shit his team is. But yeah. He's just doing his normal Nolan Arenado thing. 13 home runs, 45 RBIs, 31 runs. He's even got two stolen bases, which is crazy. But, yeah, he's striking out quite a bit. 53 strikeouts, 18.9% of the time. But the slash line looks fantastic. 283, 331 on base, 488 slugging. That's good for an 819 OPS. He's barreling up the ball. He's just... The same guy that we see every year is just not getting recognition because nobody wants to watch his team. Exactly. But I will say there's one guy on this list that is beating the top three in batting average, OPS, and weighted runs created. And that's J.D. Davis. Yeah. That J.D. Davis is getting overlooked, in my opinion. He is. He's playing very well. I think it's just kind of like the East Coast and Central bias in the MLB that's giving mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley that kind of shine. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to overlook the Giants, no matter what. Even just in their division, you're, they're going to get overlooked because there's teams like the Dodgers and Diamondbacks and Padres that have the names and like the Diamondbacks are just winning games. So you're going to overlook Giants players. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing that can put Nolan Arenado ahead is just his defense. Yeah. He schools everybody here. The only person close to him in defense, I would say, is Manny Machado. Yeah. But I'm talking, we're out of prime Manny Machado. Yeah. So Nolan Arenado still plays third base like he's in his prime. Yep. And for anybody that's voting Max Muncy, stop being so enamored by the home run. Exactly. Like man can't feel the ground ball to save his life. Well, not just that. He can't hit a ball. Yeah, he's batting one ninety one. That is awful. Look, I, I, I never, I'm never gonna rely on batting average as a statistic to judge a player on, unless it's under like two thirty. Yeah, he only has forty hits, and eighteen of those hits are home runs. Yeah, it's. It is crazy, like how bad yeah. his stats really are. Yeah, and he struck out seventy times, so he's getting yeah. up there with Matt Olson and one of those things. But Matt Olson is still batting like two thirty. Yeah, he's still putting the ball in play every now and then. Max Muncy is either 
striking out or going big fly. That's it. Yeah, it's it's not what an all-star caliber player does. Yeah, I will say he has walked 39 times. Cool. So he's drawn some walks, but that doesn't make up for your shit average. Yeah. All right. Let's talk shortstop because I think that the National League has the worst crop of shortstops this season. Oh, yeah. The fact that Orlando Arcia is your top shortstop, yeah. no no shade to Orlando Arcia, but we're not used to seeing that. We're, we're used to seeing Dansby. I mean, Lindor should be yeah. playing better. Bogarts. Exactly. But when you have someone with the name Matt McClain, don't, again, no shade to him because he's. Matt McClain has been real good. He's been the best hitter at the position since May 15th. Yeah. Which was his debut. Oh, yeah. But I got to go Orlando. Oh, 100%. Like, there's, like, like we talked about earlier, my expectations were low for him. Yeah. But he's making me look dumb. Because, like, when you look at the counting stats, you're going to be swayed the other direction. But he's only played 47 games. He missed a, a sizable amount of time, and he is certainly making up for it. He started off pretty damn hot, but the way that he came back from that injury was nothing short of amazing. Like, absolutely crazy stuff. He's batting 331, a 338 on base percentage, or sorry, 383 on base percentage, OPS 853. Um, Home runs per fly or yeah, home runs per fly ball, fifteen point six percent. And he's just clutch as fuck. He is as clutch as it gets, especially at the shortstop position this year. And especially against the Mets. Yes. But no, I mean a lot of people you can't just go off the stats. You gotta yeah. just you have to watch him and just see his approach as he takes the field. He is telling Atlanta, don't worry about missing Dansby. I'm here. Yeah, and he's playing great defense. Oh, yeah. I think he has, what, three errors, I think, on the season, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Like, I'm totally, yeah. He's got three errors out of 133 attempts. Yeah, I'll take that. Exactly. Like, he is serving, and I think the only, I think the errors were on throwing errors. So it's not even his glove. Yeah. But it's also, if we talk about it, shortstop, yeah, it's his primary, but he can play outfield. He can play second. He can play third base. Hell, he can even play first base. He is utility. Yeah. And but when you have when you have a guy at the high level who can do that, that's phenomenal. Yeah, especially when he's playing at – this well and you know that you can rely on him at any place on the field it's a huge asset to a team and it's certainly deserving of an all-star oh yeah without a doubt i think if he gets in this would be his first all-star game right uh it it might be his second he might have made it uh one of those years in milwaukee when he just went off let's see uh he's never made an all-star squad all right I just just saw it. It's his eighth MLB season. He's never been an All Star. Well, I, I think this is the year. He's got a, he's a hundred thousand votes clear of Lindor. He's just got to keep it up because there's a lot of lot of people that will meet Ride Lindor. Facts. And I'm not with that. Oh. Okay. 
But also, I'll, I want to say something back to when we were talking about outfield. Tatis is sitting six. Yeah, that's whack. Like, come on now. And Michael, but, I'm going to be honest, Michael Harris should not be seventh. No, he should not. No. Like, Marcelo Zuna should probably have more votes. Say Suzuki should. James Outman should have way more votes than Michael Harris, honestly. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. But, hell, Kyle Schwarber has been playing some outfield. He could have more votes. Yeah. But I just wanted to get your attention on that because I just think that's dumb. Yeah, no, that's that's outlandish. But, what, are we going to catcher now? Yeah, we're going to catcher, and we're bringing it back to the A. It's Sean Murphy. I was about to say, bro, ATL's running this bitch. He almost just threw somebody out at second. But, um, yeah, it, it's so easily Sean Murphy. Like, w- Will Smith's got some numbers, but when you look at when you look at Sean Murphy, you look, he's got a very good amount of uh, putouts uh, as a catcher. Uh, you know, defensively, he calls a fantastic game as well. Like, Sean Murphy has been stellar in his first season in Atlanta. He's got 13 doubles. He's got 12 homers, 42 RBIs, 31 runs. Yeah, he's striking out quite a bit, 22.4% of the time, but he's walking 11% of the time. Average 276, that's phenomenal for a catcher. A 903 OPS is fantastic, and he's barreling up the ball 16.6%. That's the second highest barrel percentage in my lineup, and 2.9 war this season. Like Sean Murphy has far and away been... I'd say the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, and uh, and like we were saying, his defense is really shine this year. That's because that was everybody's biggest worry when we got him. Yeah, we knew he could hit the shit out of the baseball, but back in Oakland, his defense wasn't that great. But since he started working with Travi, it ten times better through the roof. Yeah, he's been and fantastic. He, He's learning that pitch, like, because Travis Darno, probably in the past couple of years, has been one of the best pitch callers that I've seen over, like, the past three years. Yeah. And Sean Murphy's learning from that. Certainly. I I remember I saw something at the beginning of the year that, that Travis Darno staying, Sean Murphy, that was, like, Travis Darno was one of the biggest reasons that Sean Murphy came to Atlanta. Yeah. It's because he wanted to learn from Travis Darno. Yeah, and and he obviously has. It's been a big part of the success he's had, and it, it was a bit of a struggle early, but the way that he turned it around, like halfway through April, and it's just not let off the gas, is fantastic. Oh yeah, um, and speaking of Atlanta, man, dude, Ozzy is having himself at night so far. Yeah, three for three, and we're only in the fifth inning. Yeah, the the Braves are killing it. They're up six two. Smith Shaver is not throwing a bad game either. No, he's yeah, he's going to five hits. Oh. Um, the Rockies one walk, scored but again. Was it Tover Tovar? Yeah, yeah, he's having himself a good game. Two for three with a bomb and a single. Yeah, can't knock that. But dude, the Rockies lineup has been absolutely horrible. Yeah. I, Definitely. It's just 
I still can't believe that I'm just now realizing that Jorge Alfaro is with the Rockies. I knew he was there. He certainly hasn't played a lot of games, right? No, he's DHing because Elias Diaz has been killing it at catcher. Yeah. yeah. The man's batting 297. Wow. He's, he is. Oh, yeah. I wrote this down, bro. So Sean Murphy leads all catchers in weighted runs created. The next closest is Elias Diaz. Yeah. It's, he, he's having a very good year. Yeah. And he's not getting votes for shit. Yeah. Because nobody knows who he is because he plays for the Rockies. Yeah. But. Well, he's in third, but still, like, um, Sean Murphy has over 400,000 more votes than Elias Diaz. Yeah, dude. William Contreras, only 57,000 coming at nine. Yeah. That's tough, Four. but he his defense has been stellar. Uh, it's just nobody oh. really cares about defense. Yeah. yeah, and the Brewers are the Brewers. Yeah, they're they're struggling right now. I think they're on a six-game losing streak. Man, that whole division is struggling. That's true. Uh, let's move on to DH. Um, okay. I think there's an obvious pick here, personally. Oh, yeah, it's definitely J.D. Martinez. Okay, good. I'm glad we're in uh, agreement there because I know some people are going to say Bryce Harper. Fuck no. And he's Absolutely. real close in votes. He's only 30,000 behind J.D. Martinez. J.D.'s numbers are crazy. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't Bryce miss, like, the first month? Yeah. And he's that close? Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, yeah his uh, he's got a high batting average, but that's about it. Yeah, and he's he played has, less games. <laughs> he only has 16 RBIs. Yeah, like, J.D. Yeah, Martinez has 16 home runs. Yeah, Bryce Harper's only got three. Yeah. But we're not basing it off home runs. Correct. But, but as a DH, I'd like to see you hit some home runs. And J.D. Martinez has done it the best of the DHs. He's got 16 bombs, like we said. He's got two triples, which is crazy. But 47 RBIs, he scored 31 runs. Yeah, he's striking out a shitload. But he's also J.D. Martinez, so that's fine. Because he can strike out 30% of the time and still have a 299 on base, which isn't fantastic, but an OPS of 894, an ex-WOBA of 937. Like, he's absolutely crazy. 17.5% barrel percentage. He just makes hard contact. And I'm yeah. so glad to see this this quick turnaround from a couple of uh, of struggle years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think the only reason Marcelo Zuna is not on this list is because his name is Marcelo Zuna? Um, no, I think it's because he's played a, a decent amount of left field, so he's considered an outfielder. Is he? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's um, 11th in outfield voting. Oh, because I was going to say, like, I mean, I consider him mainly a hitter. Yeah, but, but I, I think Darno has played more DH this season. I mean, Darno's sitting third. Yeah. So, but the fact that Matt Carpenter is on sitting ninth is... The fact that Daniel Vogelbach has any votes is crazy. Dude, I love seeing Andrew McCutcheon on there. Yeah. <laughs> that is My nice. man's getting old. And Christopher Morell absolutely killing it at DH. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Charlie Blackman just can't stay healthy. Correct. Like, he's going downhill so quick. Yeah. I think it's his time's coming to an end. 
Yeah, I, I think so as well, which sucks because he was he is like one of the most prolific RBI getters. Oh, dude, I love and just it's not even that, dude. It's just it's watching him just take BP at course field. Yeah, just right, right center, right center. It's just yeah, so smooth. His swing's so nice. He's an extra base hit machine. Yeah, but I think it's time to hit the starting pitcher. Okay, there is some good options. I I think I know who you're picking. I am glad because it's Zach Gallon. Yeah, that's not who I'm taking. Okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and give you give you the Zach Gallon information. Then we'll get yours. He's seven and two this season in 14 starts, 84.1 innings pitched. He's only given up 78 hits, 93 strikeouts. He's only given up four home runs. Big thing for me here, though: 1,300 pitches, 850 strikes. He's got a K per nine of 9.92, a walks per nine at 2.03. An ERA just above three at three point oh nine, but the FIP is fantastic. A two point four FIP and three point two WAR. He's been so so consistent, and that's the biggest thing. I feel like we're missing consistency with a lot of the pitchers in the National League. Yeah, no, Zach Gallon's been balling out, but I'm taking Stroman. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just not a fan of the ground ball pitchers personally. Yeah, but from what he's doing this year... Oh, it's fantastic. Exactly, dude. He's... uh, Let's see. So, the biggest thing, in my opinion, he's only given up five home runs. Which is really good for him. Yeah. Being a ground ball pitcher, that's what you need. But also, he's going the distance for his team. I think he has two complete games. But the best thing he has is his ERA. Oh yeah, he's. I think he's got the best ERA right now in the league. Yeah, two four six. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like he's the get. And I went back and looked. The games he's lost have been low scoring games that his offense is not helping him. Like it's those those Jacob Degrom moments back when he was with the Mets. Yeah. Like he'd come out throw six seven solid innings, but he gets pulled out of one nothing game. Yep. But I just I really like Marcus Stroman right now, and I think the way he's been pitching, does he deserves an All Star game? Yeah, I, I think he'll undoubtedly make it. I just like what I've seen from Zach Gallen more. Yeah, I mean Zach Gallen, Marcus Stroman, hell, even Justin Steele. Yeah, like that one two punch in Chicago with those two have been phenomenal. Yep. Like I think uh, was it Justin Steele even has. Uh, let me see if I yeah two six five ERA with a six and two record. Yeah, they've like, been ph- crazy, phenomenal, man. absolutely phenomenal. And I'm trying to see if I can see it. Yeah, Justin Steele's only walked sixteen people. Yeah, or Zach Gallon's walked nineteen. Justin Steele's given up two home runs. That's the biggest thing, especially at Wrigley. Oh yeah. Wrigley's a home run. Like that's a home run derby field. Yeah. My only problem with the Cubs pitching right now is it's not leading to wins. Yeah. Which I mean, Justin Steele 6 and 2. Yeah, no, like they're doing it. It's just that the Cubs in general aren't winning games. Yeah. I think it's hurting how their pitchers look when it comes to the All-Stars. 
Yeah, but aside from who we picked, man, dude, Clayton Kershaw's having himself a year. I was seriously considering him. Yeah, for him to come out with that eight and four record, but also a two nine five ERA. Yeah. But another thing, he's going the distance. Yep. Eighty two in a third inning. Like that's really good for him for him. Yep. The only thing that he's struggling with is giving up the big fly. He's already given up twelve this year. Yeah, yeah, that's been his biggest problem, but I think that just comes with being a left handed pitcher. Yeah, but with Clayton Kershaw, who's a little bit older and doesn't really have the speed, he has 80, uh, 98 strikeouts. Yeah, no, he's got filthy stuff this year. It's it's fantastic to see him, especially at this point in his career, putting up numbers. Yeah, someone needs to tell them umpires to go check him out. He might have the sticky stuff. Yeah, he's hiding it in all that hair. <laughs> also, Sean but, Murphy just hit another double. Let's go. He's a double machine. Yes, sir. But the, And then, like we said, Bryce Elder also making his case to get him into an yep. all-star game. Yeah, Strider would be here if he wasn't on such a skid right now. Oh, yeah. But like he's got a 7-2 record, but, I mean, he, that, four, that 412 ERA yeah. isn't helping him in. Let's see. Yeah, he's also given up 12 home runs. Yeah. And 30 walks, which is rough. Yeah, it's just he's all over the place right now. Uh, but that's going to do it for the NL All-Star lineups. Um, I'm not I'm not that surprised that we had very similar lineups. No, the NL is definitely – you. there's only – for all the positions, there's really one answer. Yeah, we literally had two different players, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the NFL news. Uh, this one really isn't news. I had just seen it on TikTok, and I wanted to talk about it. Tom Brady was hanging out with Mr. Beast. What the heck? <laughs> and they had Tom Brady hit a drone out of the sky with a football. They were slinging dimes on the deck of his yacht. That's like, pretty sick. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, they were like throwing uh, – like Tom was like throwing a football like very far to like a, a, a guy on a jet ski. It was – it was just a fun time. I watched a couple of clips on TikTok. Yeah, I uh, I just did a a homework assignment about Tom Brady and his when he had an endorsement deal with UGG Boots. Mm. And when I did the research on that, I was just I thought that 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 was the worst endorsement deal he ever did. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, what? Like most of the people who wear UGG Boots don't even know who Tom Brady is. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. He's a very famous person. Yeah, but come on now. If you're wearing Ugg boots, you're not that smart. Well, that's just a weird assumption. I'm just saying. That's from personal experience. What if I bought Ugg boots? Your feet are too damn big for Ugg boots. What if I bought them in a size 14? Grayson, I know you. I'm not Your buying feet? them. <laughs> Just saying. Then, like, rest my case. Whatever. All right. Reporters were absolutely eating up Stefan Diggs' absence from minicamp on Tuesday. And Sean McDermott decided to clear the air on Wednesday once he returned. And McDermott said, Stefan did everything that we asked him to do. He was here on Monday, executed his physical on time. 
he reported on Tuesday and reported for meetings. And they ended up having a conversation very much to the point. And it got to the point where he felt like they all needed a break and some space. And they gave Stefan Diggs permission to get some space and head out and then continued those conversations after practice. And then McDermott stated as well that Stefan did not leave unexcused. He was excused by Sean McDermott and that those conversations got them to what he thinks is a great spot. So what went from reporters trying to say that Stefan Diggs was like leaving the team, he wants to get traded, he wants to get cut, like whatever, has now turned into the Bills and Stefan Diggs are in a great spot. Yeah, I know. So a lot of people overlook athletes' mental health. I'll say. And I think Sean McDermott handled that um, like press conference really well because the reporters need to stop jumping on people on athletes' cases every time they walk outside away from the stadium or from the training camp. Yeah. Sometimes athletes just need a break, especially with the long and hard season that they go through as NFL players. Yeah, and and this is just a matter of like you know money and his role in this team that he probably didn't agree with because we saw a, a huge decrease in his targets in the second half of the season, and it, it just seems like he wanted more because he's just a guy that is like that. He wants more every single time, no matter what he gets, he's going to want more. And when we saw this decrease last season. People were kind of surprised, and and now people just want to jump to conclusions so quickly about his future, and, and it's going to affect these guys. Yeah, like everybody's on social media, so that locker room in there, when the when the reporters were saying that stuff, that could cause separation without the truth being known. Yeah, and that's the last thing you want building up for a season, especially with the Buffalo Bills who have a lot going for them, like, or not going for them that like the fans of Buffalo expect so much of them that they have so much pressure on their backs coming into this season. Yeah, certainly. And let's talk about a duo that's definitely got some pressure on them. Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. Apparently they were going off at mini camp the other day. And Lamar had some very high praise for Odell. I want to get your take on this. He said that Odell is a legend to a lot of us uh, with what he did early in his career and in 2021 with the Rams. Do you think Odell is a legend outside of the catch? Uh, I He was a great route runner, but the catch just brought so much attention to Odell. Um, I don't really think he's a legend. The catch is just what makes his name pop. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, like, he had good seasons, but his time with the Browns was very bad. Um, Yeah, I I think the catch got to his head, though. Let let me just say that. Um, I think he got too much attention early in his career. Yeah. put him on a bad course. I think, I mean, I don't disagree with what Lamar said because a lot of kids – and high school, college, when Odell made that catch. Heck, even we were throwing a football and yelling, Odell going for the one-handed catch. Yeah. 
like, and then now Lamar is finally getting to throw the ball to Odell. That's so, true. Lamar's finally, I believe, in a happy place right now. Yeah, he got paid. He got some help. Like he he's getting what he needs. It's they probably need a little more, but for now it's working. Exactly. But uh, no, I uh, I mean I don't. You can take what Lamar said either way because maybe Odell has just really helped develop Lamar Jackson's growth as a player. Yeah. Just like being that idol, that legend that Lamar looks up to that helps him get better. Yeah, I I think that both sides of this can benefit from the other one. And uh, I think primarily Odell. I, I think he's the one that has the most to prove, oddly enough. Even though Lamar is the highest paid player in NFL history now, Odell has the most approved because this is a prove it type deal. This is like a, we haven't gotten to see you in two years. It was a very small sample size. And prior to that, there wasn't much to look at. So I, I think that Odell probably has the most pressure on him between the two. Yeah. Cause what he signed a one year contract, right? I believe so. Somewhere like one year, 13 million, something like that. Yeah. Let me ask you if Odell does not, ball out this year is this the last season we see him in the nfl i don't know you know there's always going to be somebody that needs a a wide receiver yeah but odell like just hasn't shown up since that super bowl with the Rams. yeah i I don't know i i think he's just always going to be an option yeah i can see that like a a wide receiver three put him in the slot yeah uh some other news that we've kind of gotten from these mini camps going on. Kirk Cousins is expecting his contract talks to begin in March. So there were some whisperings about the talks beginning as soon as this past season ended, but seems like he doesn't want to talk about it until the end of the season, which is smart. If he wants to prove it to that ownership in that front office that he's worth more money than maybe they were talking about, start the talks after next season and then we'll get like, you know, then we'll talk money. Dude, Kirk Cousins is a dog. He, he goes out there and he grinds he fights yeah he puts his body on the line for his team and that's why i have so much respect for him as a quarterback he gets overlooked a lot definitely and you know while we're talking about kirk it just reminded me that um netflix and the nfl announced that there's going to be a a documentary kind of full swing f like the f1 drive to survive style for the nfl and it's going to have it's centered around three different quarterbacks. It is called quarterback, and it'll be Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, and Marcus Mariota. Really? Yeah. Okay, so they took a great quarterback. Yep. They took a good quarterback. Yep. They took a shit quarterback. Correct. Okay. Dude, speaking of Netflix, dude, I hate how they did that uh, out-of-household thing. So now I have to get my own Netflix account. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that as well. <laughs> or else I've been I just been feasting off my dad's Netflix account. Yeah, I've been I've been take I've been using my aunt's Netflix account since I think I was yeah. in like 6th grade. Yeah, I haven't been able to continue watching my show or else my dad's got to pay $9 a month. Yeah, it's whack. But away from Netflix. 
Yeah. Kirk Cousins on Dalvin Cook. Yeah, this Go one's ahead. interesting. Uh, Kirk was asked about Dalvin Cook obviously being cut, and he said, I'm excited to see where he goes. I'll always be pulling for him, and I'm kind of optimistically hoping maybe we get him back. Who knows? Maybe there's an outside chance. We'll see. I, I don't think anybody had this in their minds until Kirk said this. Like yeah. nobody was like, oh, well, they cut Dalvin. Now they'll re-sign him for a smaller contract. That is not happening. I don't no think. Shot. But no shot. you certainly got people thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just sh- it goes to tell you that it was just one of those things out of the blue that probably no one in the locker room was ready for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think, you know, when I think about Dalvin Cook being cut and you know, this conversation of guys possibly coming back, what I've got kind of, you know, boiling in my mind is that I had already said I think Dalvin Cook's going to the Cowboys. I think Zeke is going to go to the Vikings. Really? Yeah. Have okay. have him as like the backup for Alexander Madison. Okay. You know, Dalvin Cook could go to the Patriots. He could. Correct. But the only thing is that I don't know if the Patriots are going to want him with Ramondre Stevenson absolutely balling out. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I think I, I think Dalvin, as well as DeAndre Hopkins, both you know high high profile free agents, I, I think they're both going to take it slow. You know why yeah. sign now? Have to deal with camp and all this shit. They just work out, take some phone calls, and, and just you know join up once training camp starts up in a you know a month or so. But also, a team that should be looking at them, in my opinion, is the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I think they're just more hopeful that Javante Williams' return will go well. And, you know, they still have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Yeah, but for that's a tough injury to come back, especially as a it running is. back, and get to your full potential. So now their shoulders are really resting on Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. And don't, don't. No disrespect, Samaje Pirine is really good. We yes. saw that from uh, his starting role with uh, the Bengals when Joe Mixon was out. But I think that Sean Payton really likes Dalvin Cook from when I saw that. So I would not be surprised to see them shoot their shot and try to get him. Yeah, I think that would be a great move for them. Um you ready to get into some fantasy football sleepers? So ready. Let's get it. All right. I, w- I want you to start. You said you got uh, quite a few, so we'll get you okay. started. So the first one I got is John Mechie, the third. Damn, you already took one of mine. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, but coming off his uh, his absence and his injury, um, there's, that QB battle right now is – not all CJ Strouds is from what I've been seeing that Davis Mills is fighting for it. Yeah. Um, but really there's not a lot of other wide receivers. So if John and I've heard that John Mechie's balling out right now. So with him, he is coming for that wide receiver one and he is looking to turn some heads. Yeah, and I think he could certainly have a huge impact on this offense because C.J. Stroud, if he does get that starting job, 
needs a target. With Brandon Cooks leaving, it just really leaves John Mechie. And I, I think that he could have a huge impact this year, and he's certainly going to be a high receptions guy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, coming off um, his absence, he's not going to be going deep every time. He might start out like Michael Thomas and just be your slant god. Yeah, and, you know, between him and uh, Dalton Schultz, like, they're going to be getting the bulk of the targets, uh, especially if C.J. Stroud is starting quarterback. But, um, you know, there still will be a, a pretty heavy reliance on Damian Pierce in the run game. And Yeah, because didn't they get Devin Singletary as well? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so they could have – honestly, I could see them running a, a two-running back setup. Yeah, I could see them doing something similar to what the Falcons do. Yeah. Um, but all right, Greg, who's your first sleeper? I want to hear this. I got George Pickens, bro. He's okay. got that dog in him. Man. Okay. We saw the athletic catching ability last year, and we saw that he could certainly get hot. But I think that the Steelers have finally started making the correct moves in order to help out Kenny Pickett, which is going to in turn just help out George Pickens. I have just about zero faith in Deontay Johnson as a top wide receiver in this league. And I think that George Pickens is really going to carry the weight of the receiving game this year. So George Pickens is definitely a guy that if you can get him, you know, kind of maybe even as just like a wide receiver three, he's going to be worth your time. Yeah, absolutely. With, like the Steelers did a phenomenal job going after some O-line to really help Kenny Pickett because yeah. that was their biggest issue last year. The Steelers O-line could not block for shit. Yeah. and. I, I know Luke's excited. Yeah, man. Broderick Jones. Luke, I've, I've, we've already been talking about the Steelers this year, and he won't shut up about it. <laughs> well, you don't have to talk to him weekly about it once the season starts, but I do, so don't even get me started. Luke, I just want you to know, rise up, baby. <laughs> the dirty birds are coming. Yes, sir. But, Colin, who's your next guy that's a sleeper? So, we had just talked about him, but and I know I said I'm not sure if he can hold his own, but I had Samaj P. Ryan with the Broncos. Yeah, so, I, I think that's a great pick. He's going to get carries. Exactly, and he's going to get receptions too. Yeah. Samaj P. Ryan, he's a great runner, but he's a phenomenal pass catcher. And... He can he can literally do everything from what we saw with the Bengals. So, and I know Sean Payton loves to throw to his running backs. Yeah. So I I have Samaj P. Ryan as my next sleeper. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I think he'll have a, a pretty big part, especially with Javante Williams kind of slowly reincorporating into the team. He's going to be a yeah. big part of the offense. Russell Wilson needs kind of the escape artist type running back where you can just dump it off to him and he'll make something out of nothing. Samaj P. Ryan is very good at that. He did it over and over and over again for Joe Burrow yeah. with the Bengals with that brutal offensive line. Now mm -hmm. the Broncos have a fantastic offensive line with the two signings they made this offseason. And you have a skilled running back in the receiving game and you've still got those same good players that were there last year. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I would, I would be looking for Samaj P. Ryan as highest 
an RB two, but also for that flex spot. Yep. Yeah, I think he'll be a valuable flex in fantasy leagues. All right, Greg. Who who else you got? Let me hear. I got Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end with the Bills. I okay. love this kid's play style. I love what he offers to this team. And though Dawson Knox is going to be the primary tight end, Dalton Kincaid is a bye week pickup 100%. Like He's going to get looks. They're going to put two tight ends on the field. They're going to take a little bit of weight off of Dawson Knox's shoulders. And on top of it, Josh Allen needs a reliable short game catcher. And Dalton Kincaid is exactly what that is. He's super physical, a fantastic pass catcher. So, you know, Josh Allen can't just keep throwing it 50 yards down the field to Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs every time. So having Dalton Kincaid for those short five-yard check down receptions, he's going to stack them up. And I think he's going to be good for like at least – three receptions, 20 yards, like just about every game. It's like something small, but he's going to get there in the red zone. He's a physical guy. He's going to win catches, and I think he'll be valuable in the red zone. He'll be valuable just as a pass catcher. So, yes, he has a pretty low floor this season for fantasy, but I think there's a very high ceiling. Yeah, like so if you're late in the rounds, I would definitely look to pick him up because, like you said, um, they'll run two tight ends. Dawson Knox is the better blocker. So when they run that, Dawson Knox will probably see more often Knox blocking and Kincaid going out for routes. Yeah. So if you're late in your draft and you need to fill your bench spot, snag him up. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Dalton Kincaid's play style. Colin, who's your next guy? So my next guy is Zach Evans. Ooh. Another rookie. So we saw Cam Akers absolutely ball out at the end of the year but cam Akers also has a hard time staying on the field yes. for a full season so would i can see zach evans getting that rb2 spot um and so with all that possibility of cam Akers, you know his history of not staying on the field zach evans is a very physical runner and they're looking to use zach zach evans on special teams as well so he's always the chance that he gets that kick return, the punt return. But that doesn't that doesn't count to his fantasy points. That's a special teams in yeah, defense. Yeah, but you can see how athletic he is on special teams. Yes. Put him in the running back spot with Cam Akers absence and he's gonna turn some heads. Oh, definitely. Especially as a rookie. And I know this podcast itself would really love an Ole Miss Florida State tandem in the backfield. Especially, I would probably say, especially if you're on on going on going league, yeah, where you keep your team. Zach Evans is definitely one to look at. Yeah, Zach Evans is definitely a late dynasty pickup. Yeah, but I'm gonna get my. This is my last guy I've got, and it's a quarterback. It's Jordan Love. People are forgetting that he has weapons, and yeah, that's I, I, that's huge. I had him on mine as well. Yeah, um, I think that he's going to be a fantastic, probably second string. You know, depending on your league size, he's probably going to be a second string quarterback. But I would probably, you know, in a 16 team league, you know, max teams type deal, I'm 
I'd consider starting him relatively often. The Packers play a relatively weak schedule, a a decent amount of weak defenses, and I think that Jordan Love is really going to prosper in that. Yeah, I uh, I 100% agree with you because uh, you still got Aaron Jones, uh, Christian Watson, AJ Dillon, AJ. I'm trying to think of the other wide receiver um, off the top of my head. I can't help me out, Gray. I'm also blanking, so give me one second. <laughs> you got Christian Watson, okay? That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Who really shined last year? Oh, Romeo Dubs was great last year, and they picked up Jaden Reed in the draft. They picked up Luke Musgrave, who's a tight end I really like in the draft. So you definitely have some guys that you can target. I just, you know, it it does rely on how well Jordan Love can play and how well his offensive line is going to help him out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also I want to talk about one more player. Yeah. That, um, and some people might already know about him but with the new system that they're running over in tennessee with Traylon burks yes wide receiver one over there especially if will levis gets the start yeah i was about to say that if will levis is the starting quarterback Traylon burks is going to be a valuable asset in fantasy yeah because will levis doesn't run he's either handing the ball to Derek, or he's he's finding his wideouts yeah and for tennessee that's Traylon Burks. Yeah, and we know he's got the arm, and Traylon Burks is very good downfield, so we could finally see his skills being utilized correctly. Dude, he's got a wicked jab step off the line. It's disgusting. Yeah, I, I think that he could have a huge season as long as Will Levis allows that to happen. Yeah, I. Uh, well, if it's Ryan Tannehill still playing, just... Don't even draft the Tennessee. Yeah, just Why draft Derrick Henry. He's just handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any more you want to talk about? Nah, man. All right, that's all. All right. Well, let's get into what I've been most excited for. All right. We've got top three, bottom three trios. And this is anything that comes in threes. Players, foods, brands, items, movies, etc., Literally anything that is a thing of three can be picked in this draft. Colin, you're starting it off on the top three. Who you got 1-1? One, 1-1. One. One, one. So this pick, I don't know if you're ready for this because I, I just want to hear your reaction for it. Give me the 2015 Migos. Oh, that is a good-ass pick. That's what I'm saying, dude. Literally, because so I'm I'm a sophomore at, in 2015. Yep. And for high school baseball, every time we played Migos, it was the hypest moment. Of Bro, you there my there year. was literally a walk up song for every single player on culture. Dude, that's what I'm saying, bro. My sophomore year of high school, I did a whole project on culture. That. That, those albums, bro. Oh my god! Otherworldly stuff. Rip takeoff. Absolutely. Rest in peace. But I had to take them one one. All right, I'm going for some real shit. Some some 1776 shit. I'm taking life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
That's some real shit, bro. Freedom, oh brother. My. Freedom, brother. Oh my gosh. You coming out strong out the gate. Yeah, bro. America, baby. The greatest place on earth. Also a horrible place. Horrible things happen to a bunch of innocent people. But it's the greatest country in the world. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I respect the pick. All right. But you ready for number two? Yeah, man. Give me a ready, set, go. Ooh. Oh, that is solid. You got ready and go. Yeah. Nobody knew what the fuck set was until you put it in between ready and go. Yeah, because it's not like... It's not like red light, yellow light, green light. Like, it's a whole different ball game. Exactly. You hear the word set and your mind's like, all right, here we fucking go. Okay, yeah, I fuck with that one. I'm going to go for this first sports pick of this one. I'm going Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and Tom Glavin. Okay. That's one hell of a trio. All right. All right. So, hear me out. I'm going another sports right here. I know what you're taking. Do you? Yeah, go ahead. But I know what it is. Yeah, because we grew up on this shit. James Wade Bosch. Yup. <laughs> yup. Oh, baby. Running it in the cul-de-sac against nobody. But we're throwing oops. Yep. We're pulling up. Oh, dude. Some of the best times of my life. Oh, yeah. When we were in that cul-de-sac. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, who you got number three? Because let's hear Ah, I'm going rock, paper, and scissors. The deciding factor of many things. They were in my honorable mention. Yeah, rock, That's paper, great scissors. Pick. Great, great stuff there. Great pick. Those. Who you got in your honorable mentions? Jordan Pippen and Rodman, of course. Okay. That yeah, one. What a, easy. Hear me out. Hear me out. Snap, crackle, and pop. You'll hear from them. <laughs> but I also had a weird one. I ran this by Nathan. And it was just, it was weird. <laughs> Give me A, B, and C. Dude, I'm not even joking. I was driving home from work yesterday, and I was like, it's easily the best sequence of letters. Easily? Yeah, it's... The, it, next, the next closest is X, Y, and Z. Exactly. That's just, that's just third, at the end. But that's third just, place is JKL. There's something I'll, that rolls off the tongue right there. Yeah, but when you get to X, Y, and Z, you know you're at the end of the fucking alphabet, so exactly. you don't have to save that shit again. Exactly, but ABC has been around since since I was a very young boy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because before you even know your ABCs, you know A, B, and C. Holy shit. Just saying. I still don't know my A, B, and C. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're, we'll keep working on it. <laughs> Off the book, off the book. All right. All right. Bottom three. I got the first pick. I'm, oh, man. I got some good ones. I'm going live, laugh, love. That shit sucks. That saying is so dumb. The It's just the, it's like a design aspect of a 50-year-old divorced woman's house. Okay. It's ass. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of those three words. Yeah, live, laugh, love. Dog shit saying. Was you know what's love ever done for me? 
All right, we don't need to get that introspective, but. All right, you ready for my first bottom? Yeah, let's hear it. Give me the Kardashians. Chloe, Kim, and Courtney. Okay. Fuck them. Like, like. No, 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 okay. no. Okay, I just need clarification. I just can't stand them. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. I, I think that's a, a solid pick. I think there's a lot of people that disagree. Probably not the demographic of the sports podcasts, but they would disagree. Hey, there's always an argument for it, but this is my bottom three. Okay, fair enough. Well, because you said this is an honorable mention on the top three, I got to say it now. Snap, Crackle, and Pop, they represent the worst fucking cereal in the game. <laughs> yeah, but it's iconic, man. I don't give a fuck. If you're if if Snap Crackle and Pop are all willingly endorsers of Rice Krispies, they are just dumb. <laughs> all right, I respect it. I respect it, but that's why. See, I didn't have them in my top three. They were just in my honorable mention, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. they're they've been around. Yeah. All right, so my next one is very controversial, just because like I've seen people love them. I've seen people hate them. I'm going with another set of characters. Okay. I love one of them, but the other two are shaky. Give me Shrek, Donkey, and Fiona. So which ones do you hate? Shrek and Fiona. Okay. Okay. I'm just I checking. I fucking love Donkey, but donkey, we make it, it donkey. Exactly. That motherfucker carries the whole fucking Shrek saga. He's a donkey that makes fucking waffles. And he's fucking a dragon. <laughs> you know Donkey's got Riz. <laughs> oh, but yeah, move dude, move so over, like, baby Gronk. Like, I can't I can't take them as a set of three because one carries. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. Okay. Who else you got? I'm taking the Jurassic World trilogy. All three of those movies are nah. abysmal. All three I, of them. An absolute disgrace to the original I, Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, I fucking hate those, man. Give me back Jack Black. Facts. Jack Black in Jurassic Park. It was Jack Black in Jurassic Park? Was it? Was Jurassic Park the new ones or the old ones? Jurassic Park is the old ones. Yeah, but he was in... Like the older ones. Okay, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Hold on. I, I have to fact check you. Was he not? Because he, he was the camera guy. Was he? Yeah. Now you got me second guessing myself. I'm pretty sure he's in Jurassic World. No. No, he's not. Not Jurassic Park, right here. What? What was his role in Jurassic Park? Hold on. Because I don't... I, he was in Jumanji. Welcome to the... Or like, whatever. Like, yeah, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle or whatever. Yeah. Look, Jurassic Park 1993. Alright. Fair enough. I didn't know that. Am I... Wait, am I tripping? I think you're tripping. Because I don't think he is. I I can't find anything of him in Jurassic Park. Maybe I am. Maybe I am tripping. Jesus. I sw- 
He was in King Kong. That's what it... Fuck! I'm so <laughs> dumb. I'm so fucking dumb. Oh, that was... That, that was pistol. Fuck. Not as bad as the Jurassic World movies, though. Because those uh, are fucking dog shit. Especially Dominion. That one is I, so bad. I see what you did there. Yeah. Oh, all right, so we're going into our final picks. This is your final pick. I'm done. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck. Um, all right. I got another controversial one that I've just been throwing my mind around. Okay. Give me small, medium, and large. Okay. Like, because nowadays a small is like a shot glass. Yep. Like, McDonald's has got it right with the... Like one dollar large drink. Yeah, I think Zaxby's does medium and large very well, but small is horrible. Exactly. Like, who the fuck wants small? And right. medium's just a weird size. Like, if you're gonna get a medium, at least just pay the extra thirty cents for a large. Yeah, it's not even thirty cents. It's like ten cents. Just get exactly. the large. Like when you're at Zaxby's, go big. Treat yeah. yourself. Okay, I don't know about that. That's a little excessive sometimes. What do you mean? It's 80 cents for extra fries and a drink. I know, but like, sometimes you just don't need that much. We'll see. All right. You got any Arnold Open mentions? Yeah, three-leaf clovers. Fuck three-leaf clovers. Okay. I want a four-leaf clover, but all would I you, can ever you, find... Would you, count, no, wait, would you count a three-leaf clover, clover as a trio? Yeah, there's three leaves on it. Yeah, but it's like the same thing. They're all on one stem. Yeah, but it's three le- it's three petals or whatever you'd want to call it. Oh, that's that's a weird pick. I'm gonna be honest, that's a weird one. I don't know. It comes in threes. It's called a three I, leaf clover. I got I I got an honorable mention with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For the bottom? Yeah. What? Man, I work so much, I don't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's true. I typically pick two of the three. Exactly. I eat breakfast and dinner. Yeah. I'm more of a lunch and dinner guy. Yeah, I I I don't eat like it's it's like, weird. Like I can, I'm more I can a, typically go the the morning. Yeah, you know, I could hold yeah. myself off till like one or two o'clock and eat a lunch. Yeah, that's about what time you usually wake up. That is not true. I get up if I've been getting up at fucking seven a.m. That's crazy. Why did you do that? Going on walks and runs. Okay, I respect it. But also, bronze, silver, and gold. What are we doing here? Oh, facts. Because platinum is the goat. Yeah, who the fuck wants to be silver or bronze? Like, what the fuck, bronze? That's an ugly ass color. Facts. It's just shitty gold. Exactly. Like. When you, if you meddle in something and you're sitting there in bronze, you're getting, like, you don't want to stand there. Just everyone's getting praising the gold and, hell, yeah. even some people are praising the silver. But no one fucking praises the bronze. Yeah, if you're out here biting the bronze metal, you're a sad <laughs> sack of shit. Yeah, dude, also, I forgot. I had an honorable mention for uh, the top three. Okay. Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. Facts. Which, nah, never mind. Wait, 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 wait. What? 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 <laughs> which one? What? No more elaborating. Just which one? We all know. Which one? 
We all Which know. Nah, you know what we're talking about. Hey, you had to work? What what are you talking about right now? No, you definitely know. I didn't I didn't hear Are you talking about the, are you talking about the chipettes? Yeah, they're implied. You know what I'm referencing. No, I don't. Yes, you do. The it's the three chipmunks on the couch and it says which one's getting blank. <laughs> I don't. That's the thing. I don't. It's the one. It's like which one's getting the best top. Ah, uh, I got you. All right, it's we got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, that was that was a fun top three, bottom three. Yeah, I will say. I, I got to be honest. I never would have thought that. The fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks thing would have ever been brought up on my podcast. Hey, I'm just saying, hey, yeah, hey. Um, all right. Well, this was a fantastic episode, Colin. Thank you, and um, thank you, you that's listening right now. It's hearing me through the speakers in your car, or your AirPods, or your headphones, or your laptop, or whatever you're listening to this on you that's hearing me thank you for listening and i would appreciate you 10 times as much actually i would appreciate you 50 times as much if you were following on all the socials instagram tiktok twitter fucking facebook for all i care and you join the second and short subreddit r slash second to nd and a and d short we got to get that thing popping and i want to put some moderators on there and a little more. Make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following on Spotify Podcasts. Make sure you're leaving reviews on both. Make sure you're listening on everything. Listen to the episode and give us an honest review. It should be five stars. We're always putting out five-star content. But give us an honest five-star review. Yo, Grayson, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Matt Olson just hit a 456-foot bomb. Yep, I'm watching it right now. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's go. But no, what he said, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Follow the socials. Yeah, Come and, and if you're on YouTube, subscribe and Come like on. and comment because I've been seeing the numbers. A lot of the people watching aren't subscribed, and it's kind of pissing me off. Come on. It's making Do me. Better. It's making me very angry, and nobody wants to see me angry. I'm the host of this podcast. It is so much fun. Why make me angry? I mean, it's it's kind of funny to see you angry. All right, that's enough. Colin, <laughs> thank you for joining. Thank you for joining both days this week, filling in for my absent co-hosts. And, yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for us. Colin, did you enjoy your week here? Absolutely. I always have a blast out here on second and short. All right, it's, man. The energy is through the roof. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you back on, uh, I'm thinking, mid-season awards around the All-Star game. How does that sound? All right. And hey, any other just, any other a live, live coverage of All-Star yeah, we'll reveals. See. We'll see. All right. All right. Guys, we will catch you all later next week, Wednesday. Big stuff. Me and Brock going to be talking through the SEC schedule release for 2024, so you don't want to miss it. We'll see you all later. Peace.
Later.